Yacht Rock Radio, on air and online at YachtRockRadio.com. Captain Adam, it's John Hall. Hey, John. Thank you so much for taking the time. We've got a great, oh, my great phone line here. So clear. Hey, it's good to talk with you, and uh, and thanks for uh, captaining this this uh, little bit of time. I'm telling you, I've had so much fun with these songs and your songs and the nostalgia of the of the 70s and 80s with Yacht Rock Radio. That's great. And uh, we try to make uh, the airwaves a little smoother. This music is so smooth. And uh, you as founder, uh, founding member of Orleans, you are, uh, you're on the tip of the cruise ship being uh, at the forefront of this movement. <laughs> I'm like Leo DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio <laughs> leaning out on the front of the Titanic. <laughs> That's right. That's, that's not an image or a yeah, analogy that we probably should use. It's uh, well, yeah. You don't want the tit- It's it's odd. The Titanic. Uh, we all know where that ended up, and that's not where this is going. Uh, did you see Saturday Night Live? The uh, the skit they did where the iceberg that sunk the Titanic was getting interviewed. No, I didn't see that. Was that a few years it's back or recent? It's not my fault. Everybody's blaming me. <laughs> One of the coroner's reports said they drowned. It was water. It was water. <laughs> I'm minding my own business and somebody crashes into my butt and I'm looking around trying to see how much of it's gone. <laughs> it was, it was really funny. We're going to have to find that uh, and, uh, and post it on our Facebook page. We, we try to post as much, uh, yacht boat cruise ship related, course, uh, yeah. content as we can. Uh, even if it is, uh, the Titanic. Uh, so want to talk about your, your new album right out of the gate. And, uh, one of the most interesting things, uh, for our, listeners and maybe people that aren't quite familiar with your career is uh the title of your your brand new album uh you've had six solo albums and uh this one is called reclaiming my time which uh a lot of people uh know that's a a term used in uh, politics in congress um it's fascinating to learn that you spent four years as a new york representative in the united states congress that's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, it's it's fascinating. It's unbelievable to me too. But you know, it's an experience that uh, it's a once for me at any rate, it's a once in a lifetime thing. Um, but I really do believe in citizen government and in uh, you know people stepping out of normal life and and trying to do their part, whether it's volunteering with a community group or whether it's uh, working for. A candidate or a cause or whether it's actually in some cases being the candidate and i i started out at you know school board you know my daughter was in high school and county legislature for a couple of years in ulster county new york where woodstock is and i and i uh, and i wound up running for congress in 2006 and, and serving two terms um but anyway so on the floor of the house of representatives if i were speaking and somebody across the aisle or on my side of the aisle were to say, excuse me, may I comment on that? And I would say, I recognize the gentleman from Iowa. And then that person would talk for a little while. Now, if I wanted to finish what I was saying, I would say, reclaiming my time, Madam Speaker, I'll finish by saying this. And so it's a play on that. And it's also a play on like what music, what I've been writing and recording during those, not just the four years, but the 10 years that I was in some kind of elected office. So, so it's, um, you know, I just thought it was my only chance to use that title. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it's a great double meeting. 
uh, with yeah, with your Congress you. uh, history uh, and resume, and with uh, you know at this point in your career and the songs that you've written, and you're reclaiming your time. I mean, it's fantastic. And uh, we also, all of us now, are starting to reclaim the time that we lost to the pandemic. You know, it's it's been a very difficult thing. There was um, a lot of a lot of grief involved that I don't think is being given enough. Uh, Attention, you know, uh, we need to honor that, too, that we all suffered losses, whether it was loss of a job or, you know, loss of being able to hug our loved ones, our friends and family. You know, we everybody lost something in this last year and a couple months. And and so uh, we're reclaiming that time as well. So it's a triple meeting, even. Uh, right. We're speaking with John Hall, founding member of the band Orleans, uh, also uh, a veteran of the United States Congress. Um, just curious, have you ever, with the band now that you're touring, if, if there's a, a conversation in the green room and someone interrupts you, do you tell them reclaiming my time? Do they understand what that means? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually hadn't thought of that, but maybe I'll do it now. Thanks for suggesting. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is that people like people love the songs and thank God they do. I'm, I'm just so blessed and we're so blessed to have. Songs like Dance With Me, You're Still the One, or Love Takes Time, or Half Moon, or Power, or any of these other songs that uh, that people are still listening to many years later. And uh, uh, But the interesting thing also was, I was in the elevator one time, going up uh, from the ground floor to the third floor, where the, the floor of the House of Representatives is for a vote. And I'm crammed in with a bunch of uh, congressmen and women. And... Uh, one of my colleagues from the Republican side of the aisle uh, who was standing next to me said, did you write that song dance with me? And, <laughs> and I said, yeah, I did. My, my, my wife and I wrote that. And, and he had uh, a schedule in his hand of the votes that we we're about to take and a pen. He said, could you sign this for me and my wife, please? That was our first dance at our wedding. <laughs> that's awesome. That, you know, music just crosses all boundaries and that's a, uh, a beautiful thing we certainly need to be able to cross them today oh that's a great story that is such a good story uh you know i was trying to think uh of other uh politicians that uh came from uh the world of entertainment uh you, you think of um uh, gopher from the love boat um there was a basketball player his name's escaping me but he played with the new york knicks bill bradley bill bradley new york Knicks. he was a united states senator from New Jersey and Sonny Bono. And Sonny Bono, Sonny Bono, of course. Yeah. He served for quite a few terms representing the district that Palm Springs is in. And, uh, and then after he passed away, his wife, uh, took, you know, one election to that same seat. And I served with her. I wasn't there when Sonny was there. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ronald Reagan. I mean, there could be a little right. hall of fame of, uh, sports and entertainment <laughs> figures that uh, went into politics. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the album, uh, Reclaiming My Time. Uh, I listened to a lot of the songs on it uh, okay. while I was doing some yard work, and uh, very smooth. Uh, a little bit of a what I would call country meets yacht rock sound to it. Um, the song that jumped out at me uh, was the duet with Dar Williams called Save the Monarch. Thank you um, so much. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about who Dar Williams is? Dar Williams is a... Uh a singer songwriter, you know, folk, folk singer, she's known kind of as that, um, who's made a number of records and gotten a lot of acclaim and awards as, as a singer songwriter. Um, 
never been in the pop area much uh, and or, or the rock um, I don't know if she's been on yachts but she's <laughs> but she's you know this I just I duetted with her on this song which I wrote about uh, it sounds like it's going to be God Save the King you know Save the Monarch but it's actually the Monarch Butterfly the King is King Condor the Queen is the Queen of the Honeybees and it's it's really a prayer and the, cor- the, the chorus goes you and whom we trust save them from us uh, and uh, it's it's it has some biblical you know quotes in it it's basically uh, I think it's a really pretty melody and, and you know I'm proud of the lyric to it but it's just it's trying to put my feelings about um, us living in harmony with this planet with all the other species on on planet earth into a song so um, so I'm I'm glad you like that one that's, uh, I thought it was uh, one of the more important songs, if there is such a thing, on the record. Well, it jumped out at me because I, I like uh, lyrics. I'm uh, a copywriter in, in my other career, and uh, the title, when you know, when I read it, Save the Monarch, that's exactly what I thought of was, you know, like Save the Queen, Save the uh, Royal yeah. Family. or And then when it started, it just it grabbed me because it was Save the Monarch, comma, Butterfly. And yeah. there were so many little... Uh, uh, little plays on words through it, uh, Save the King, Condor. And it was just such a cool way to, uh, to make a point about the, uh, the environment and, and living in peace and harmony, harmony with, with the animals. And, uh, and then on top of that, it jumped out at me because we also support some public affairs radio. And I know mm-hmm. you've, uh, through your career uh, in uh, your service, uh, you founded a, a group called Muse, Music United for Safe Energy, and right. somehow I, I it just seemed to me like that song would would be somehow connected to that organization. Is there maybe a theme song? Be. Uh, be. Can you tell us a little bit about about Muse? How you started it, and what is it still in uh, effect? Well, uh, you know, I got involved with it. I got involved with stopping a, uh, a nuclear power plant just north of Woodstock and Saugerties, where I was living you know, six miles away from where my my wife and my baby girl at the time were sleeping. Uh-huh. And uh, and then one thing led to another. I wound up doing a, a show with uh, James Taylor and Carly Simon uh, and, uh, and uh, Jackson Brown and Bonnie Raitt at, at the Palladium in New York for the Karen Silkwood Fund. If anybody doesn't know who Karen Silkwood is, you can look her up. It was a movie called The Silkwood Story that... Um, that Meryl Streep played the lead in. And um, anyway, so after that show, which was a big success, we did, uh, we were backstage and I said, well, you know, people are going, now what? And I said, well, let's let's get Madison Square Garden and call up everybody we know. And it started out as one show at the Garden, wanted to be five, sold out shows and a rally with a quarter of a million people at Battery Park in New York. And, um, and, you know, Jackson Brown, Bonnie Ray, Graham Nash, and I were the four musicians on the board. We were the founders of Muse, uh, musicians, you know, for Safe Energy. But we also had the Doobie Brothers and Tom Petty and Chaka Khan and Bill Scott Heron and all these other folks uh, as well. Uh, doing these performances, it wound up being a triple uh, album and a, and a movie, uh, a Warner Brothers movie called no nukes and uh 
Uh, still available if you want to see it. It's got some great. Oh, Springsteen, of course. Bruce Springsteen was on it with the E Street Band, and this, his footage in the movie is unbelievable. It's just you know the whole thing had a synergy of its own, and, and that, all the singers and players did a really great job. All right, I'm writing that down. No Nukes was the name of the movie they made out of that performance. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, we raised over a million dollars for uh, to give away to local. Uh, efforts for education and uh, and organizing uh, around solar and wind and you know tidal power and geothermal power and all the alternatives that are there that are renewable and and uh, they don't cause CO two emissions but they also don't cause uh, radioactive emissions uh, or nuclear waste so you know it's just you know finally we're starting to move in that direction um, and it's economics that are doing it because. It's, Right now, electricity gener- generated by solar or wind is way lower than coal, and you know, it's still cheaper than natural gas, and way lower than oil, and and way lower than, than nuclear as well. So it's not just an environmental thing; it's it's economics that's really at this point helping to propel uh, the alternatives. John Hall is our guest, uh, founding member of. Orleans, uh, the huge hit, still the one, co-written with uh, your wife at the time, Johanna. Joanna, I'm sorry, Joanna Hall. Um, right. And I read that uh, first time in 25 years, you've written some more songs with her that appear on this new album. Yeah, um, this is a song called "Now More Than Ever." It's uh, uh, we just haven't sat down and tried to uh, write together, but we did. We actually did a lot of it on Zoom <laughs> or on FaceTime because we were forced to uh, you were forced to by the yeah. pandemic but but yeah it's um uh, i think it's a really good song and and uh it's uh you know my record uh reclaiming my time is actually it's the usual and there are love songs on it there are songs about all kinds of this is a song called future ex-wife that's uh, um playful but <laughs> but that to a lot of guys yeah to a lot of guys a real thing that was my next question i I was curious if your ex-wife uh what she thought of your song future (laughs) ex-wife she's uh she likes it we've we've buried a lot of you know we've basically buried all the hatchets and um so uh at any rate it's uh you know the album runs the gamut from topical stuff to you know to uh love songs and you know, all, anything that that I feel from life, you know, I just write about things that seem important to me, which I hopefully are important to other people, too, like falling in love and, you know, losing love or marriage or relationship or, um, you know, coping with uh, or coping with loneliness and, uh, and grief. You know, it's all the human condition. How can our listeners get this album? Well, you can pre-order the whole album on Amazon right now, and um, and the single as well. You can download that now. Uh, you can also go to my website, uh, johnhallmusic.com, and uh, download it uh, or order it from there, and also see uh, where I'm performing, which right now I'm doing a bunch of shows with Orleans. We're playing every weekend in June somewhere. Uh, we're kind of all over the map. We're not doing a bus tour like we used to do, but once upon a time we're, we're flying out and flying back, but, uh, but it's going to be our first show. I think January 5th is our first show in Hiawassee, Georgia. 
we're going to be doing our first show in a year and a half or so. So it'll be um, exciting. And I'm practicing my, so my calluses will hold up. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, it takes being in shape, not just physically in cardio shape, but, but having your fingers and your calluses and your chops, you know, up to snuff. So we're working at that. And um, at the same time, uh, Orleans is recording uh, a Christmas album now, which we've, we've never done a Christmas record. This one's going to be out in the fall. And then um, next January, uh, we're going to release our 50th anniversary album. It was January of 1972. We did our first show as Orleans. And so that's going to be 50 years. And we so we're putting together a record to celebrate that which is all new songs and um in fact i was in the studio with lance and our drummer brady yesterday doing uh, uh tracks for two of these christmas songs so it's uh you know we're, we're always working we're happy to be uh happy to be able to do that and uh as a friend of mine says nice to be here nice to be anywhere yeah can you tease us on uh, what those two christmas songs were oh yeah one of them is called snowed in with you and the other one is uh, called I Wish I Could Have Been There. Oh, so these are um, originals? These are originals, yeah. Okay, uh, great. And, and um, that's the song. The album is going to be mostly originals. And um, a couple of songs that other people wrote, but uh, first time for us. And I and there's, there's a hymn that Larry and Lance Hoppin, and you, you all out there know Larry because he was the lead singer on, on Dance With Me and Still the One in Love Takes Time. He's kind of the the tenor uh, lead vocalists that are hits featured. I did a lot of the singing on, on album tracks and, you know, it made my own records over the years, but Larry, Larry and Lance, you know, the Hoppin brothers family harmony uh, is very distinguished and Lane Hoppin, uh, Larry and Lance's younger brothers now playing with us on keyboard and trumpet and melodica and kind of utility infielder guy like, like Larry was. We're featuring on this record a track that um, Lance was going through Larry's stuff and found this track from when they were all kids, Larry and Lance and Lane Hoppin and their sister Linda. Uh, there was a recording of them singing four-part harmony on this hymn, Mary Had a Baby, with their mother playing piano. And so the record's going to have a, a little snippet of that and then a new version of the song with us singing the four-part harmony with piano and strings on it. And, and uh, But doing that choral arrangement of it. And it's a it's very unusual um, thing. And I, I think it's going to be, you know, different than what anybody's heard Orlean sing before. And then there's uh, a, a lot of songs that are that are just celebrating, you know, everything from, just sort of winter winter holidays celebration a lot about christmas but also about uh, the season of all those holidays that's fantastic i am uh i am a sucker for holidays and the season and christmas and winter uh and i we actually have a uh a holiday show that we uh, that we push out every year, and I'm always looking for great holiday music to feature on the show. So I, well, we'll have, I, we'll have it to you. oh, I'll be first in line to get the uh, Orleans uh, Christmas album. Are you kidding me? Uh, and then the 50th anniversary uh, tour or or uh, album uh, and year 
uh, of 2022, 50 years after 1972. I'd love to be part of that somehow as we move forward too. As Yacht Rock Radio grows and we get closer to that 50th anniversary, a lot of 50th anniversaries from uh, the early 70s are, are happening, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, for sure. We're yeah. speaking yeah, me too. with John Hall yeah, from we were, we, Orleans. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we were out with uh, what it was called Sail Rock, the Sail Rock Tour in, uh, I guess it was 2013, um, with Christopher Cross and our friend Robbie Dupree and and uh, Gary Wright and uh, Player, I think, was on it. A whole bunch of other bands are sort of out of that era that our hits uh, came from. And, and uh, we haven't been back on the Yacht Rock Tour yet, but we're really happy to be getting played on the Yacht Rock Radio. Well, they, our fans and our listeners love it, and uh, those songs are just are just huge. Um, the three monster hits, Dance With Me, Still the One, and Love Takes Time, uh, are the ones that have gotten millions and millions of plays over the years. Uh, and now with streaming, it's not just FM terrestrial radio that's playing you. I mean, there's there's some 10-year-old kid somewhere that's just finding these songs for the first time, and they're like, this, this is awesome. Uh, yeah. I always love to ask uh, this generation of uh, musicians what it's like to uh, meet the younger fans that weren't even born when you were out, uh, these 10, 20, 30-year-olds that are, that are now discovering your music. I'm sure you see them in the audience, too, when you're playing. What's that like? We do, and it's it's really fun. Um, you know, I'm a father and a grandfather now, so I can, uh, you know, I can really appreciate uh, how kids will listen when they're growing up to the music that their parents are playing. At least for a while, they will, and um, and how they carry that knowledge with them, and it, it informs what they listen to. You know, when they sort of strike out on their own and start listening to other stuff, not that. Not that everybody's, you know, going to listen. Every young person's going to listen to to yacht rock, but um, but it helps them understand melodies and harmonies and lyrics in a way that I think is is good. And uh, you know, I, we did a show, an Orleans show in uh, Northern California a couple of years ago. My daughter and son-in-law and granddaughter came, and and my granddaughter was uh, Naomi was sitting at a a stool at a table with her parents and just like lit up watching me, of course, and, you know, and the band all singing and playing. And I think more people in the audience were watching her than were watching us. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's just, uh, it's wonderful to have, uh, you know, to have those ears open. And uh, so it's been great. I, you know, I started listening to music when, when I was, uh, very young, obviously, and uh, and I started out with the Broadway show tunes my parents were listening to, and the classical music that they listened to, and of course singing in church. But um, but uh, you know, and then I branched out into listening to the Beach Boys and the Beatles and Motown artists and so on and so forth, and Clapton and Hendrix and and etc. Uh, but and then writing my own stuff. But it's really uh, it's interesting how the torch gets passed, and, and as musicians go, and also as listeners, as uh, just regular folks listening to uh, what's out there. So, so uh, yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's a thrill. It's always a thrill if I'm at a stoplight and my windows are down, and the guy next to me has his windows down or her windows <laughs> down, and I hear one of our songs coming from their radio. 
um, that's that's a thrill and I don't think anyone gets over. Do you beep the horn and say, "Hey, that's me"? No, <laughs> no. But I used to teach. I used to teach skiing at Hunter Mountain. I was a. I am a certified level two ski instructor. Well, of course you are. With, Why wouldn't you be? And, <laughs> right, because I do. I'm just a Renaissance man. But but I was teaching a group of beginners skiing up in the Catskills at Hunter Mountain one day, and in the '90s this was, and I met a group of these beginners that came on a bus from New York City. Um, who had never been on skis before and we were carrying the skis over to the bunny slope where they were going to have their first lesson. And still the one came on these tinny speakers up on the lift towers. And I turned to these teenagers and said, you guys are in luck. It's a sunny day. The snow is beautiful. And that's my song on the radio. And they went, sure. Right. Oh, I wouldn't have believed you either. Uh, that I didn't bother convincing them. That's, that's crazy to me. So, so after uh, Orleans in the late set, what year was that? You were a ski instructor? Oh, I was a ski instructor in, in the 90s. I was instructor of the year at Hunter Mountain in 1997. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a framed plaque on my wall from that. I don't have a gold record, but I have that. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. I could, and I probably should get a gold record, but I just I just never pulled up and asked for one. But... Uh, I know that the you know the records have gone gold and probably platinum, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's exciting to hear things like that, or um, or to be in an elevator with strangers and have a, a song come on the, in, the on on the music and the speakers overhead, or waiting in a doctor's office. <laughs> yes, it's just, it's everywhere. Now the the fun question uh, I love to ask is it like karaoke or a cover band if you're out. You know, obviously, doctor's office, waiting room, elevator. But if you're in a um, a hotel, a restaurant, a bar, karaoke bar, and you're just walking through, you just want to get some wings or nachos, and the band on stage is playing one of your songs. Uh, that's happened. Ha- that's happened. Can you tell me about one of those? Well, there have been a lot of them, and I, uh, you know, they're basically. I always hope it's a good band, <laughs> and uh, sometimes it is. I uh, I try to make a point after the set is over if it's a good band i'll like stick around for a while and and listen to them if i can and um you know i had people come up to me when i was starting out and didn't have any records recorded or released and i was trying to fight my way up through doing cover songs to being able to do originals and and uh so whenever i hear a band that's good at a holiday inn lounge or something i'll try to go up to them on a break and say hey you guys are really good keep doing it because people did that for me. I had one instance where I was opening to the Smothers Brothers at the cellar door in Washington, D.C. is a long time ago, just John Hall Acoustic as the opening act. And I had not recorded a solo record and I'd written Half Moon. That was the only song I had. The song that Janis Joplin did mm-hmm. was the only song that I had that people knew. But I did a set of original material and then I closed with Half Moon. And the audience talked through my entire set and uh, which is depressing for any performer. Mm-hmm. And then after Half Moon, there was some polite applause, polite applause and they went back to talking. And I, I packed up my guitar and went upstairs to the dressing room to get my stuff together. And there's a knock at the door, and in comes John Denver. And he steps in and sticks his hand out, and he said, hey, I'm John Denver. I said, I know. <laughs> and he said, I just wanted to tell you that was really good. Don't pay any attention to the audience. 
they were talking because it's a mismatch. You shouldn't have been booked opening to a comedy act. You know, the Smothers Brothers had their TV show. And they yeah. were like, you know, people knew them as personalities and as a comedy duo more than as a musical. You know, really, they were not a serious musical act. He said, just just keep doing what you're doing and writing those songs. Everything will be fine. And then he disappeared. and I never saw the man again. Rest his soul. Yeah. That is and, uh, uh, But I just always remembered that. And I think when I'm out somewhere and I hear a band that's making the effort and, you know, really sounding unique and sounding strong enough that they should keep at it, I go up and try to tell them what he told me. That is a that is a great story. That, uh, that's a question I love to ask uh, recording artists that have huge songs is how they feel when they hear a cover band play one of their songs. And that's the first time the answer's ever been, this is how I felt when I was a young artist and a, and a recording artist came up and talked to me. Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it's too bad he died in that ultralight cl- crash. I mean, but John Denver's, he was already a pretty huge artist at the time and he, was, and he got huger after that. But, um, you know, I'll always have that memory. Speaking with John Hall of Orleans, and um, you know, we talked. Tell I'll let this uh, our little television uh, discussion uh, segue into the uh, 1977 ABC slogan that they uh, took from your song "Still the One." I mean, I am at the age where uh, I was born in 1970, so the late 70s, early 80s are so nostalgic for me, and that's one of the reasons. I love these songs, and I put so much heart and soul into Yacht Rock Radio because it makes me feel like a, you know, a ten-year-old kid, a twelve-year-old kid when I, you know, just riding my bike to the neighborhood pool without a care in the world. And when I hear the song, and I actually just posted this on uh, Twitter, uh, I think last week, I wrote um, that's still the one. Every time I hear it, I think of the ABC Fall lineup when it was announced, and they used your song. And I had several people comment on the post about me too that's what i think of every time i hear that song uh how how did that come down did uh obviously abc had to you know work with you and and pay for the licensing of that right we 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 had signed johanna and i had signed with a, a publishing company and uh abc approached them about licensing the song not the orleans version but the, the song itself uh the song copyright um, to use as a theme song for their for their network, and they used it for years and longer even in Australia. But uh, yeah, so that was uh, you know, something that they did. Uh, most songwriters have you know work with a publisher, mm-hmm. and they uh, they do this. And we've been very Johanna and I've been very fortunate that songs we wrote, like "Still the One" and "Dance with Me," have been used in movies and commercials and you know various uses, TV shows. Uh, I'd like to remember how uh, Still the One was used in the same year as a commercial for Burger King and also as a commercial for Nutrisystem. So you, could, <laughs> you could gain weight and lose weight with Still the One. That is, that is a great social study. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> what, uh, you know, I, I, I know I've heard Still the One in a recent Applebee's commercial. Uh, any movies uh, top of mind? I, I can't recall any movies. You mentioned that it's, well, it's been in movies. Was in, uh, Primary Colors, which was a John Travolta movie, that was a uh, it was a uh, dramatization of Bill Clinton's first campaign for for president. That's right. And um, and it was also used in uh, 
I don't know. This there are a bunch of others uh, that both of those songs have been used in. There's a uh, the song Half Moon that Johanna and I wrote that Janice recorded and Orleans also recorded on her first album. Uh, was in a movie about Joan Didion that uh, Griffin Dunn, her uh, her uh, nephew, I think. Is, I think that's Griffin's uh, relationship to Joan. Anyway, he, he produced this uh, movie on her. They've been uh, there have been a quite a few uses, and I would uh, <laughs> I'd have to refresh my memory, but because uh, you know, I tend to know. Well, I can tell you that uh, that dance with me most recently was used uh, as a pharmaceutical commercial for Zeljans, the arthritis <laughs> drug. And and after that happened, I thought, now I want to get a job naming these drugs because all you have to do is put a lot of X's and Z's and Q's and you know, see the names. I have to have strange permissions of letters in them. And uh, somebody gets paid for doing that, I guess. So, but anyway, no, it's been it's been great to have these songs. The usages like movies and and commercials help pay for for writing more songs and recording more songs and putting out more records. So it's a it's a utilitarian thing in that sense. Yeah, the commercial uh, industry loves uh, hits from the seventies and eighties. It, it's I don't know if they if they think they can you know. They have a new audience that that isn't going to know this was an original song somewhere else. Uh, I've had some I younger. I think they do it for the opposite reason. I think they do it because people do know the song, even if they don't play the lyric, even if they just play the melody, or they play a teeny bit of the lyric, you know, and mm-hmm. then instrumental while the voice voiceover is happening. You know, it's ringing a familiar. It's a Pavlovian response. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, there's a, there is a lot of uh, music from our era or from really any era once it's already successful it tends to get used for commercials because of that uh of that response so i we have a lot of listeners that are younger that uh will comment on our on our facebook and twitter and instagram that that when we when we post a song or talk about a song they'll say i remember this song was a betty crocker commercial or or some you know this was uh i know i know uh uh peter beckett from player tells a great story about his song uh, baby come back being used in a in a Swiffer commercial um, uh-huh. and, and you know there are people in my family that that uh, are younger and they love these songs and they associate them with with TV commercials so it's kind of that's an interesting take right. on uh, well, the on most popular recent music thing we had was last November uh, October November um, Applebee's ran an ad using still the one mm-hmm. and uh, you know I think we followed uh, uh, James Brown, I Feel Good. And uh, I mean, they have a lot of really good songs that they use that are classics of one sort or another. And uh, it's great to be in that company for us. Um, And it was only six weeks, but it's amazing how many people said, I can't get away from your song. (laughs) That Applebee's commercial is playing all the time. So, and I'm sure it helps us in terms of uh, Orleans being able to, you know, to book shows and, and, uh, have you know interest in our records and so on so uh it all is synergistic and mm-hmm. and um what it's good to be known for something they say i used to joke about the waking and dreaming album cover in that sense because yeah people call it our naked album cover um uh, because we had our shirts off on the yes. front of it and um 
this that was the album was still the one on it and reach a little bit higher and and uh, give one heart i think the song that linda ronstadt recorded and you know various really strong tunes of ours and uh but it shows up in the most you know, if you look on like worst ten worst album covers of all time, <laughs> it shows up on that. So I always say yeah, it's good to be known for something. Yeah, if you, it's probably the image that's most recognized, along with your logo. If you search Orleans and just go to images, you'll you'll see a hundred different pictures of that album cover where where you're all shirtless. Um, right. What I mean, can you recall that photo shoot that day? I do. Yeah, it's interesting. We. We were asked the photographer who was booked for like a two-hour session put a line of uh, a strip of uh, masking tape on the floor and said, "You guys, I want all of your feet on this strip, so you have to crowd together and interact." So we were all leaning on each other, arms around each other, whatever, you know. And and then he shot his, you know, couple rolls of film, and he finally said, "I got two frames left. Why don't you all take your shirts off?" <laughs> and wouldn't you know that's what the record company picks <laughs> so so we were like okay we got you know they're supposed to know marketing so we'll uh we'll do what they're asking and, and then this is before photoshop so they took one of the shots our eyes were all open and the other one our eyes were all closed and uh, i guess the waking and dreaming uh concept and and um but they flipped my face my head from one to the other so on the front cover, the other guy's eyes were open and my eyes are closed and then vice versa on the back. But the funny thing about it is that Kmart would not stock the album until they airbrushed our jeans in because the, <laughs> the photo had been, the photo had been cropped so you couldn't see any jeans. And, uh, and it was the time. This is so racy. They couldn't possibly do it. Now it's like, I think about Megan D. Stallion and, and you know, all right. stuff that rap records that are out now, make anything that we did look mild by comparison but but at the time it was considered scandalous so anyway if you look at on the front album cover you'll see a little bit of i think it's larry's jeans sits the corners of them and mine as well and that's the airbrushing to get the blue back into the picture yeah you gotta have the jeans on otherwise uh it begs the question are these guys totally naked yeah you know <laughs> but you know that is, it's crazy though to think about popular music today, the pole dancing, the simulated sex on stage and in pictures and video oh, yeah. uh, available for any seven-year-old that wants to look at it. And Kmart wouldn't put your album in it, uh, in their <laughs> stores in, in 1975 because because uh, you guys had your shirts off. That's an odd question from a photographer. I've got two frames left. How about you take your shirt off? <laughs> I think he was, I think he was saving this up because he knew he knew we wanted the title to be Waking and Dreaming. I, you know, I haven't asked him. I haven't seen him recently enough to ask him. But, but anyway, it's just a good, it's a good story. And there's, people always ask, what were you thinking? <laughs> and I, I tell that story and they go, oh, okay. Strange things happen in life and that's one of them. Well, you can, you know, you can spin it and say, uh, when you talk about the top tens you've been in, you can talk about your the three top ten songs, you can talk about your top ten album cover, and just not mention that it was right. one of the top ten worst album covers. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'll remember that. Thank you. This has been fun. John Hall is our guest from Orleans. 
Uh, he's got a new album out, Reclaiming My Time. It's available on Amazon or on his website, johnhallmusic.com. Uh, we actually are going to be working together, believe it or not. At the time of this interview, uh, I received word about an hour ago that I have been uh, booked to MC, host, and be the media sponsor of your Orleans Firefall show at the Indiana State Fair. I would just, that was just booked, and I'm very happy you're going to be there. Yeah, Damn so it's going to be fun. We'll meet in person. Maybe we can uh, yeah. uh, interact on stage with a few Q&As. Uh, sure. I'll definitely just do a stage announcement, throw out some Yacht Rock Radio t-shirts to the audience, um, and uh, it'll be a fun day for sure, and we're proud to be a, a partner of that. It will be. You know, Firefall is great. We, we tour with Firefall a lot. They're really great guys, and they're, they're a great band. Jock Bartley, uh, we've had him on the program. He's fantastic. Really like talking to him. Uh, and yep. I'm looking forward to meeting both of you July 30th at the uh, Indiana State Fair. That's the opening night of the fair. It'll be a huge crowd as uh, Yacht Rock Radio presents Orleans and Firefall, July 30th at the fair. That's going to be fun. And maybe we'll uh, I'll talk to uh, Ann and see if we can uh, do some more of these uh, through the summer or through the year, all the way up and including your, your 50th anniversary in 2022. Excellent. That'll be that'll be really good. You know, I, I didn't mention that I've done a lot of sailing. I learned to sail when I was a kid uh, up on Cuddy Hunk Island off the coast of Massachusetts, and then um, and then uh, had a number of boats, mainly sail, but occasionally a powerboat of it. But uh, my last boat that I owned, I sailed from uh, from Kingston, New York, right near Woodstock, down the Hudson River down the Jersey shore, uh, up Delaware Bay, through the C&D Canal to the Chesapeake Bay, down the Chesapeake to the Intracoastal Waterway, uh, and then down to uh, Charleston, I think it was, and then out in the ocean, straight shot to Cape Canaveral, then down to the Florida Keys. And then I sailed from Key West across to Cuba to Havana on a humanitarian aid mission with a letter giving me permission from the U.S. Treasury Department because I was carrying musical supplies and medical supplies, which were both exempt from the embargo. And then I sailed that boat back to the States and back up to Martha's Vineyard and Nettucket and Cuddy Hunk and, and back down to Annapolis where I sold it. But it's, you know, I mean, I didn't call it a yacht. I just called it a boat, but I guess it probably is a yacht, a 39-footer. So it was... Uh, it's a boat you can live on. And uh, <laughs> your story just keeps getting more interesting. I, you you well, sailed to, I get, uh, I get, to Cuba. I, how, I sailed to Cuba, yeah. Now, the way you sort of described that, it, it sounded like it was a, a mission trip. What, was it with how many people? Or you're saying that was on your personal boat? That was your boat? It was on my own personal boat. It was six people counting me. Um, including my daughter and a college friend of hers. And, uh, and she was in Middlebury college up in Vermont at the time. And, uh, and it was on her winter break. So, you know, we sailed down there and we had, uh, collected medicine and medical supplies. And also, you know, they, because of the embargo, the youth orchestra in, in Havana has a hard time getting, uh, tuners and strings and picks and music stands. And, you know, all the basic stuff that you don't really think about is not so much instruments as the supplies that go with them. And, um, 
so we just delivered a bunch of that stuff there and and um oh the rest of the people were sailors that i got uh who were trying to get they all had coast guard licenses to do 50 ton or 100 ton power vessels but they wanted what they call a sail rider so they could um so they could carry passengers on a sailboat and uh as a as a captain and um so uh they had to get nights at sea and i had to sign these things for them just like you would do with like traffic court <laughs> or something where like you go to take a course and you have to get the signature saying you went but these guys would sign saying you know uh or i would sign their sheet of paper saying yes this guy went with me for this many nights offshore you know sailing from here to here and we're, we're a bunch of great guys and and really really helpful because uh you get into a boat as big as 39 feet you don't want to handle it by yourself yeah but you know i think 39 feet that's really short compared to the distance between key west and cuba i mean was uh, that terrifying uh, to be in the middle no, of the ocean no, at night uh, no <laughs> No, I've, I've sailed at night before, and I've sailed out of, you know, I've crossed the Gulf Stream, like, from West Palm to the Bahamas a couple times, and uh, and I've done the offshore sail from Montauk to Atlantic City or to Cape May, and that's, you know, you're out in open ocean doing that. Um, but, you know, you have to know what you're doing. I wouldn't recommend it for anybody who's not familiar with plotting a course and, you know, doesn't have the right equipment. and. Uh, so it's uh, you have to look out for uh, cruise liners. I remember we were crossing the the straits, you know, from Key West over to uh, to Cuba, and a cruise ship would like come out of the out of the night, and we'd hear it coming and see it coming before we'd really be, we'd see the lights. But people would be dancing on deck, you know, they were having some kind of a big party, which cruise ships do a lot, and. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we'd hear this disco music and see the strobe lights and the mirror ball, you know, flashing and everything. And you have to just not get run over because those ships, any big ship cannot stop in a hurry. They, it'll take them a couple miles to stop. So yeah. you have to know how to judge whether you're on a collision course or not and stay out of their way. And uh, those are the kinds of things, you know, you shouldn't really get in a boat and go, go offshore without knowing that stuff anyway. But, but I had learned that stuff, and and so I wasn't scared. It was, uh, it was. I mean, I know people who sailed across oceans. I have never done that, but, yeah. but you know, this was a major blue water voyage for me, and and it was challenging, but it was also really fun and, and interesting. So I just get bored easily. I'm a tangential kind of guy. I like to go out. I'll be doing my main thing, you know, my music or whatever, and then this tangent will appear, and I go, "Hey, I could go into politics, or <laughs> hey, I could be a ski instructor, or hey, I could sail to Cuba," you know. And uh, I just like doing different things. There's the title of your next book, "The Three Hayes." Right, the tangential uh, man. Unbelievable. Now the question is: When you heard the cruise ship coming at you, and you heard the music on the deck, did you hear? Still the one or dance with me? <laughs> no, I would probably timed it wrong. <laughs> probably timed it wrong. Uh, oh, that's I believe fantastic. this one that I'm remembering had disco music. Uh, uh, it was probably the BGs doing uh, "Staying Alive" or something. But uh, but sooner or later they probably played "Still the One." Well, listen, John, I I, uh, I cannot wait to meet you in person, July 30th. Great, Adam. Looking forward to that. 
And uh, last reminder for our audience to uh, download your new album. It's called Reclaiming My Time uh, at johnhallmusic.com. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. All right, John. Thank you so much for calling uh, Yacht Rock Radio. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, same here. Talk to you soon. You're listening to Yacht Rock Radio, the smoothest soft rock from the late 70s and early 80s. For more smooth, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Yacht Rock Radio. Yacht Rock.